0: Welcome to Get a Grip with Shane Bacon, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, hey everybody, welcome to the Get a Grip podcast. I am Shane Bacon. I've got a good one for you this week. I, I say it all the time. I say it every episode. I mean, I don't even know why I say it, but it is a good one. Zach Blair on the podcast played excellent at the Travelers, especially on Sunday to all but lock up his PGA Tour card for next season with that major medical And so we talked about that, we talked about the week that was playing some of those great courses in and around the Hartford area and beyond, and uh, got into his obsession with the architecture world, how he got into it, and talked a little bit of Tree Farm and beyond. So I think you're going to be a big fan of this one. Zach's one of the great guys out on tour, and one of the more interesting people out on tour as well. Uh, The only thing I'm going to tell you about before we get to ZB is, I have another podcast now. It's called the Ping Proving Grounds podcast. I'm doing it with Marty Jertson and my great friends at Ping. I think it's going to be worth your time. We're diving like deep into some stuff you didn't know about, some stuff you've maybe you've never really thought about. We've got interviews. Saw Hit the Gall interview. Went up U.S. Open week. We knocked out a couple interviews at the U.S. Open as well. Um, that are going to come out soon with some top tier players. I think you're going to be a big fan of those. So definitely worth subscribing to, downloading those episodes, giving it a listen. I think you're going to like it. If you like this podcast, you'll like that one as well. So check out the Ping Proving Grounds podcast. And like I said, that's all I got. I got done, just got done playing in a golf tournament myself, uh, a Met event uh, that was actually at my home golf course, and played well. It's it doesn't happen a lot for guys that don't play a lot of tournament golf anymore. You know, I play in random qualifiers throughout the summer and a few events here and there. But, you know, I'm on the road a decent amount. And When I'm home, I'm home. And uh, fired a really solid final round. And I'm not sure there's a better feeling for a golfer than actually doing what you set out to accomplish. And so that was fun. And it uh, gets me fired up for more tournament golf, and more stuff the rest of the summer, some qualifiers for some of the big USGA stuff. So yeah, a positive golf story. I feel like those rarely if ever happened, um, especially when you're talking about your own golf game. So that was fun. My dad was out, uh, got a chance to watch. My dad, by the way, in his 70s, walked 18 holes the first day, which was a qualifying day, walked all 36 the second day. And my caddy, Jorge, who did an un- unbelievable job, one of the best green readers in the world, Jorge said on the 35th hole, he said, your dad is an animal. So shout out to Monty for uh, hoofing it. This was after, by the way, he was walking all day on Saturday and Sunday at the Travelers. So the man has put in some steps and watched some golf. And uh, so a big thanks to dad for being out and being a part of that. And so, yeah, uh, that's been my week. This is now going to be your interview. Let's listen to ZB. ZB. <music> That's Zach Blair, uh, excited to have you on the podcast. Uh, after a really awesome uh, week, I was at the Travelers. I saw you on, what was that, 5T, the par three, and you were dialed. I mean, he gave me a fist pump, but I could, you were, it was like all <laughs> sensors dialed and locked in. I could tell you were, um, you were into your process at that point.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I, you know, I did a pretty good job uh, all week, kind of, you know, staying in it and, you know, was definitely hitting it good. and. Uh, hit a good shot after I saw you just, you know, three putted though. So that, that was kind of the, the little hiccup in the round was on four or five bogey bogey. But other than that, it, you know, it was, it was rolling.
0: Can I ask a, a, a golf logo question from a person that is obviously um, very, very into golf course logos. I've kind of been a person that try not tries not to mix logos. So I try not to wear two logos with one outfit you're wearing for people that aren't watching this. You're wearing a tree farm hat and a tree farm sweatshirt Do all those rules go out the window. If it's your golf course, is that fair to say?
1: (laughs) I I just have so much stuff that it's kind of all I have that in TBC. So they, they, you know, they, they get, they get mixed and matched and worn together all the time. But uh, yeah, I think that's a fair rule.
0: You know, I mean, I just feel like you, you know, if I'm going to wear a polo from a course, I'm going to wear a brand hat, like a ping hat or, or something like that. And if I'm gonna wear, I'm wearing a tree tree farm hat now. I was, I was you know, I mean, you're coming on the podcast on Wednesday night before tournament round. I feel like I should wear this cap right now, and I love it, by the way. But, um, yeah, I just try not to mix them. I feel like one course logo is good enough per outfit.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's fair.
0: So, hey, what do you do when you win 1.78 million? Is this like a do you buy a pair of sneakers? Like, have you done anything? Because I'm assuming that's the largest payday you've had as a pro golfer.
1: Yeah uh honestly like it it still hasn't really like sunk in and it doesn't even feel that real yet um it's all pretty crazy haven't bought anything yet no huge plans i i made a joke with uh the guy that you know does all my money stuff i sent him a picture of the there was like a rolls royce uh in the parking lot today (laughs) at, at the golf course and i was like hey i just uh I got this. They delivered it to the course. Would you mind kind of setting up the the insurance and everything on it? and I, I gave them a little bit of a a little bit of a heart attack. you know i can't can't go out and buy a five hundred thousand dollar car.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is like a Vincent Chase situation. It's like right when the payday hits, you're just gonna rock and roll. <laughs> I, I was listening to you on uh, on No Laying Up. You hopped on for a few minutes Sunday night, and you talked a little bit about you know, I mean, listen, it you knew it was an elevated event you knew you were playing well. And then you start to go on that run right around 13. At what point during the day are you thinking, A, I might have a chance of winning this thing and B, if I don't win this, I have a chance of potentially finishing top two or three.
1: Yeah. I mean, honestly, never really thought I had a chance of winning. Um, I, I was, I don't know, they were, I was 12 under to start the day maybe, and they were 21 or 22 or 23. I don't know what they were, but they were, they were pretty significantly ahead, but I did get off to a really good start birding one and two. And at that point, um, I was certainly like, okay, we could, you know, that that's the start you need. You know, you can get after it on this golf course if you get it going but like i said earlier you know the the bogey on four and five and then parring six was kind of like okay there's you know that's kind of the tournament you know just do our best you know maybe we take a top 25 and you know for me being on a major medical it's like you got to take advantage of the weeks that you know you have it going and you know it seems like that's been the whole year is like one hour stretch like ruins the week and uh Luckily I kind of got on a bit of a heater after that birding seven, eight, nine, and, you know, then going on that crazy run on on 13. So when I eagled 13, there's the big leaderboard right by the green. It it was kind of like, they were still only through like seven or eight holes, but it was like, Hey, you know, if you, if you get two or three more coming in, you know, it's going to be a really nice week, you know, knowing that it's an elevated event, knowing the purse is huge. Um, and then, you know, everything just kind of broke my way and, you know, got pretty lucky. When
0: you go on a heater like that, Zach, because, I mean, I, I, I've i seen numbers you've posted before. I think the day I played Tree Farm, you went out there and shot what I'm assuming is probably still the course record. What was that, 62, 63, 64, something like that?
1: Yeah, yeah, 62.
0: 62. So, I mean, you're a person that has obviously done this, you know, throughout your life, and and recently you've put up some good numbers. What... Clicks in and how do you maintain the momentum for people that, you know, that struggle with this? Because so many golfers get to a number or get to a point in the round where they're under par or they're chasing a number and the nerves set in and they fall apart. You seem like the type of guy when you're dialed, you get excited and you start to chase an even better number, which is what makes professional golfers pros versus, you know, very, very, very good non professionals.
1: Yeah. I think it's just like, you know, being comfortable being uncomfortable you know you're kind of like you just you got to let go that you're five or six or seven under and just like keep going you know we can get another one you're obviously playing well enough to where you know you're hitting it good or you're putting good or you know something's going right to be that many under and it's kind of a little bit just like letting go of uh, of a number in mind or, you know, wow, I gotta, I gotta be careful now. You know, we can't screw up here. It's it's more like, you know, step on the gas at that point, things are going good and be, be conservatively aggressive and um, you know, just try and keep it going. And that was the type of day where I was hitting it so well that it, it was like, You couldn't hide a flag stick anywhere. You know, uh, everything looked like it was an easy shot. Every number I was getting was a pretty good number. And to me, like, that's the biggest thing is like numbers when you're getting good yardages, it it makes uh, all the difference where that, that round, it seemed like basically every hole, it was like, oh, this is perfect versus, you know, the day before I shot 68 and it's like, I probably hit it every bit as good. But it was just like, oh, this is a soft eight iron or a hard nine, you know, and and that Sunday it was just like, oh, yeah, it's just like a driving range seven iron.
0: Yeah, I was uh, I was playing an event yesterday and I kept getting 135 into the wind and it was like not a wedge because it probably wasn't going to get there, but it was a super chippy nine iron and it was like my my 14th hole, my 15th hole, my 17th hole and on 18 and I looked at my 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 buddy that was caddying. I'm like, he goes 136. I, was like, you are shitting me. It's 136. We've had this number four <laughs> times on the back nine. And again, yeah. it's like you said, if it was 130, to me, it's probably just gas a wedge into the wind and it'll get there. But for 135, I've got to finesse something. And when you start to finesse something, you know, especially when you haven't played a ton of golf as of late, it's not as easy to feel like you can dial this into five feet.
1: Totally. I mean. It it really is crazy how, you know, three or four or five yard difference can be like the, the complete game changer of what type of shot or, you know, how you're how you're going to hit it. And I, I assume, you know, like really good players probably maybe throw that out sometimes and they're just like, hey, you know, the the hard pitching wedge, you know, might get there and it's like a 12 footer up the hill or something like that. But, you know, everything was just kind of clicking on Sunday and uh, it was, it's obviously really fun and um, you just got to do that more often.
0: Yeah. I think I texted you after you shot 65, 65 and said, please win this. So we can just basically do away with practice rounds. I might be more anti-practice round than anybody on the planet. What are your thoughts on practice rounds in general?
1: Um, I just like hate practicing at all. <laughs> so um, just the first word is just part of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then like, it's such a death march out there, you know, on Tuesdays and everyone's grinding so hard and that's just like the aspect of golf and professional golf that I just am really bad at, you know, it's just, I, I understand. I would feel like I would get better if I practiced more and if I worked out and if I, you know spent more time on the greens like during practice rounds but I just like can't do it um so it, it's just really hard for me you know when I play practice rounds typically it, it's like I go off as early as possible and play by myself and just like try and get done as soon as I can and just not have to talk to anybody and just get <laughs> out of there
0: well i mean like I have played, you know, qualifiers in the, you know, I moved to Connecticut two years ago. I I don't know many of the golf courses up here, especially the golf courses that are going to be a part of a Connecticut amateur qualifier or, you know, a Met open, right? I mean, these aren't going to be winged foot for goodness sakes. I don't know them. I can't go look at a book or or look online and really dive deep into them. But obviously a practice run is going to help me understand where not to hit it on certain holes. It's to me. and, And I totally agree with what you said it's like different golf. It's not fun golf. You're not playing for a number. You're not playing for a score. You're not gambling with your buddies. It's like it's, and it's not practice either. Right. Where you're not on the range kind of trying to hit some different eight irons and see what they look like in the sky. It's like just in between all the fun stuff about golf yet. It's not very much fun. And so, I have not really played a practice round in Connecticut, and it has definitely showed occasionally in my score. But to me, it's like sometimes not knowing is okay, too, because occasionally for me, especially with the numbers I have to shoot, if I have to hit a three iron because I'm not totally sure what's out there and I can hit it in the fairway, you know, I can probably make a par on that hole, and that's okay. And, I mean, TPC River, you know, River Highlands, I'm assuming is a place you've seen before. Once you've seen it once and you understand what the golf course looks like, the only thing you're trying to do is probably get a feel for the greens.
1: Yeah, and that's kind of exactly it. It's like if I, if I'm going to a place that I've never played a tournament round of golf on, it's completely different. As I've played probably seven years at TPC River Highlands, right? It's like I've played a lot of tournament rounds out there. I've I've seen the course a lot, and uh, I did play last week. I played on Monday in the in the pro am and. I think that that story got a little, uh, you know, a little blown out. Like I I didn't play any golf and just showed up on Thursday, but I, I mean, I definitely played 18 holes out there. Um, But it was kind of like, I was telling my caddy, I was telling one of my friends, it was like a practice round at TPC river highlands right now. Isn't going to help me make like a six footer somewhere. You know what I mean? Like it's not going to help me execute any better. I know where to hit it. I know where to not hit it. You know, I, I I have a general idea of where the pins are going to be, and I've putted to them. You know, seven or eight years um, in tournament golf. Um, so it, it was just like, let's just go have some fun. You, you know, let's play golf, and that's that's. What, I love playing golf. You know, I love playing golf so much more than sitting out there on Thursday and or or Tuesday and just you know, playing five hour eighteen hole round.
0: Yeah, but I mean, it takes time. I think as an adult in any industry, right, it takes a bit of time to understand what you like and what you don't like. And I bet when you were first out on tour and you were first going through the grind, because I remember you used to do a little bit more of this. You used to play courses in and around the area, and it feels like you went into a mode of being a little bit more dialed to the, you know, atypical PJ Tour player or corn Ferry Tour player where you're doing the practice rounds, you're playing in the pro-ams, you're doing all that. And it feels like as of late, you've kind of been more comfortable doing your own thing. Is that relatively accurate?
1: A hundred percent. I was literally just talking about that at dinner tonight where it's like, I kind of fell in this thing of, you know, man, are they going to think that it's weird that I'm not playing a practice round? Is somebody going to say something because I didn't play a practice round? Like even, even like my family or my, you know, my friends or people I know, it's like, you know oh did you not play good this week because you went and played all that golf and it's like now i feel like you know comfortable enough to just be like like what i said earlier the practice round's not making me make like a six footer you know on sunday or something like that sure if i'd never played the golf course before it it might help knowing where to hit it and where not to but at the same time it's like golf is basically execution based, right? You got to, you got to hit the shot where it's supposed to go. Then you got to make the putt and you know, you could do that. You could make a putt or miss a putt with a hundred practice rounds and knowing the course, like the back of your hand, you still got to go out and, you know, make the putt. So it's definitely more like feeling comfortable and feeling okay that it's like, Hey, this is what makes me happy. And I know that when I'm happy and excited to play golf, I play better. And you know, it showed last week.
0: What'd you find on the back nine at wing foot East? You said you, you shot, would you shoot 30 on the back?
1: Yeah, it was, uh, it was kind of crazy. I'd never played Wingfoot foot East. Um, and I got off, uh, like ball striking wise to like a ridiculous start. I hit a great drive on one, hit it to like five feet, missed it, hit, hit number two in two three putted stuck one on three to like seven (laughs) feet lipped out, knocked a three wood over the trees on four to like 15 feet for Eagle three putted. And I was like, Holy cow. I, I'm like, I should be four or five under right now. And I'm even. And, uh, then I hit a good wedge on, on 10, I think it was to like five feet. And I, you know, just like switched grips cross-handed and, uh, like center cut it and I was like I'll go see how it is on the back nine and you know I missed a couple putts still like I I I should have shot lower than 30 on the back like I was tight every hole and missed a couple of putts but you know made my share too and you know walked off on 18 making like a 20 footer and you know it was just like ah it's not like I've been putting great the last you know month and a half or two months. I I don't feel like it's held me back particularly or anything like that, but it's not been, you know, something that's like keeping me in golf tournaments, you know? So I was like, ah, we'll, we'll just go roll with cross-handed. I've, I've been back and forth my whole life. You know what I mean? I've never felt like it was a crutch or anything like that. I know that I can putt good both ways. And, uh, yeah. And it's not like I putted good last week. You know what I mean? Like that wasn't the reason why I played good golf. I played good golf because I hit it very well and, um, you know, eliminated a lot of mistakes. You know, I didn't, I didn't make a ton of bogeys and, you know, kind of gotten that little bit of a heater on the back nine.
0: Do you go like, like note of a gay light ever in a tournament where occasionally you'll hit a putt cross-handed and occasionally you'll hit a putt with a standard grip?
1: I have done that in like college before. I don't know if I've ever really done it on the PGA (laughs) tour. Um, But I've done that like in tournaments, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you're not playing very good the first couple of rounds and you switch it up a little bit or something like that. But for me, again, like I, I never looked at either one of them as as like this is better. And this one is like I have to go to this because this is like a crutch to help me putt like less bad. Um, you know, I know that I can putt good both ways. So, um, I, I can't say that I've ever done it like m- mid tournament on tour
0: <laughs> and maybe this week, maybe in Detroit, we'll see a ZB just change it up on every hole just to keep people guessing, you know, just to kind of keep them. <laughs> I didn't Phil do that when he won the PGA a couple of years ago, didn't he hit the putt on the 71st hole and he'd been clawing it. And I feel like he changed his grip for like a big par save. It was some wild moment in like the last two or three holes.
1: I remember something like that. I I do remember something like that.
0: Crazy. Um, Zach, I'm always interested in this with a lot of people. I'm sure you get this question a lot. What's on the Zach Blair bucket list in terms of golf courses that you have yet to play?
1: Eastward ho was like the number one. So I got that out of the way. I got that out of the way last
0: year. Did it live up
1: and surpass? Oh my gosh. Absolutely. I, I went in with like very, very high expectations and, You know, left being like, God, that was every bit of what I hoped and more, Um, you know, you definitely can't wait to go back. But, um, man, it's like I I feel like I have a list somewhere. I want to go to Prairie Dunes. I've never been there. You know, I feel like it's always kind of on the uh, the plans and something happens and, you know, I can't make it. Um, I want to see Valley Neal. I've never been out there. And then I um, feel like there there are a handful more. Um, but those are those are the two kind of on the top of the list. I would say that I you know that I would love to go check out.
0: Yeah, I mean, you're in such an interesting position as a pro golfer because you're obviously playing at the highest level of golf while you're juggling an online business that does well, and now you have a golf course. How have you figured out time management? in 2023 to win you're actually on the road playing golf you're playing golf on the pga tour
1: i mean luckily i have a really good team of people that you know do that stuff for me you know one of my really good friends david scott kind of runs all the tbc stuff um you know i obviously help out like from a creative aspect um you know but he's kind of the the nuts and bolts behind that and then you know the the whole team of people around the tree farm um you know, we have a full staff of people kind of running it now, you know, including like Drew King, the head golf pro and Nick Roth, the superintendent and Eric Dietz, the GM. And, you know, a handful of people like, uh, you know, John Shimp is somebody that is very, you know, involved in in, in kind of the day to day stuff, I would say, with me and Eric. So it, obviously it's just like great people helping out. <laughs>
0: But, I mean, in, but in terms of your mind, because, I mean, I, I can only imagine that your mind, you're thinking about tree farm or you're getting pictures of, you know, some new growth or some changes here or there. Or, you know, they're starting to lay foundation for the clubhouse on Thursdays when tournament days start. Do you try to kind of push that stuff aside or are you the type of person that once you're off the golf course, you're good answering emails and, you know, diving on a phone call if you need to be on a call and and just kind of getting back into the stuff that you care about away from tour golf?
1: Yeah, I feel like I I do pretty good at separating them. You know, I can go kind of shut it off when I get to the golf course and and I'm I'm very okay kind of dealing with stuff after. It's like especially the weeks when the family isn't on the road. It's like you have so much downtime, you right. know. I, I've already said like I hate practicing. Um, so it's not like I'm out there like beating balls till dark or something like that, you know, so it, it, it usually is kind of a nice release, honestly, of doing something else, you know, instead of thinking about, you know, what, what I screwed up or what I'm going to do better tomorrow, it's kind of like, all right, I'm off the golf course. Let's go, you know, figure out what we're going to do and eat the rest of the night. I'll answer some emails, talk to a few people and, you know, we'll get back after it tomorrow.
0: I know your your dad was an enormous part of your growth into the game. What started the golf architecture obsession for you?
1: Well, he, you know, he was into that stuff a little bit, not not in the same way that I was, but, you know, he built a couple of golf courses and, um, you know, on that development side of things, you know, he was the general manager at a few places, you know, when I was really young and helped build like the Jeremy Ranch up in Park City. And he obviously built a couple of, uh, little like nine hole places with driving ranges and stuff like that. Mulligans, um, you know, that that's, that's where I grew up and learned how to play golf. So he was always, you know, doodling and, you know, drawing holes and thinking about, Hey, we're going to redo this golf course and, you know, build this here. So that's just kind of like what I saw growing up was him doing that. you know, it's like, everybody wants to be like their dad. So I saw him playing golf and, you know, drawing golf holes and, you know, he definitely, uh, put that in me for sure.
0: Yeah. I mean, did you did that? Was that something that kind of followed you throughout life or did you get into college and out of college and go, okay, obviously I'm going to try to give it a go and play professionally, but I still have an eye for this or my interest is more piqued by the things maybe away from, you know, the tour weeks and the tour life and maybe slightly more interested in, you know, potentially, you know, laying out holes that I've been thinking about for years.
1: I think the TBC and the tree farm stuff was you know I I wouldn't really say kind of like a one-off thing. Uh, you know, I would love to do some of that stuff in the future, but it's very very secondary to like actually playing golf and I obviously got hurt and didn't have anything to do like professionally for a couple of years. It was great spending time with my family and you know, sitting on the couch at home for a couple of years. But, uh, that is the, you know, the tree farm was really kind of like what I did for, um, work basically for, you know, the, those couple of years where I was hurt. I don't even know if I answered the question, uh, remote, you know, at all, but, um, I, I would like to do it. I, I don't know if it's something like, I, I would never want to do it more than I want to play golf though.
0: Okay. Yeah, I mean I I mean it's interesting because I feel like people when they if they don't know you and they think about you, they think you're a golf architect nut first and a golfer second. And it's interesting to hear you say, "No, no, no, I'm a golfer first and everything else is kind of secondary to my interest and passion in playing because like you said you love playing golf so much."
1: Yeah, yeah. I I mean you kind of nailed it. I I love playing golf first and foremost like more than anything. And then I, you know, I really like playing golf on the PJ tour a lot as a job, <laughs> but I love playing golf just in general, like with my friends and at cool places more than anything else, you know, and it doesn't even come close in, in the golf space. And then, you know, building the tree farm and doing all the TVC stuff is, you know, right down there after pro golf, but, uh, you know, definitely want to keep my day job. <laughs>
0: yeah. I mean, I, I wanted to ask about the tree farm because, you know, I, I always am so impressed when you see like a vision come to life. So somebody has an idea for a business and then they spend, you know, weeks and months and years building an idea and getting money and funding. What is it like for you when you return to that property and you actually see this golf course that had been on your mind and had been an idea and had been a plan. And now is this beautiful, unbelievable 18 hole facility that is going to grow and be bigger. And it's going to be a bucket list golf course for people to see for years and decades to come.
1: I mean, it's really cool. Uh, every time I go there, you know, it's, it's a special feeling still just to, you know, cause me more than anybody that that's been out there, I, I've been out there more than anybody, number one. And uh just, Knowing what it was before and then knowing all the stuff that went into building it and, you know, knowing everything that everybody else doesn't know about how hard it is to actually kind of take the idea get the people behind it, get the property, build the golf course and, you know, have people out playing the golf course it's just really cool to see people having fun on it. And, you know, that was the whole goal with, you know, building it was, you know, to build a cool golf course to people, you know, for people to come have fun. And uh, it was just really cool to see that this spring. And I'm, you know, definitely looking forward to, you know, it opening up back in the fall and uh, people getting back out there.
0: If you had a list of like mandated things about the tree farm, where was canned Gatorade on your list? Was it like three (laughs) or four?
1: Yeah, it was pretty high up there. uh, it was funny how many people, you know, thought that was so cool. Um, and <laughs> I was it, you know, one of them. I'm a big fan. Yeah. Yeah. We, I've obviously seen it a handful of other places, you know, garden city was uh, somewhere specifically that had it. And I think it was the last time I was there. I was there with, uh, you know, my caddy and uh, one of my other friends, David Scott, who runs all the TBC stuff and our host got us some and, you know, we were like, oh, we have to do this at the tree farm. And, you know, then we did it. So uh, it's funny, the little things that people kind of pick up on and, you know, have been excited about. And that was always kind of the, the small details that kind of add up into bigger, you know, bigger deals and, you know, leave people with a smile Was was definitely something I wanted to implement in the whole club and the club culture and people's experience and everything like that. So it's been fun to see, you know, that stuff kind of pay off.
0: Like, did you have a notes app and you would just write, like, if you saw something like that or something kind of, you know, piqued your interest or you thought it was cool, would you jot it down and maybe just like have an ongoing list of things that if one day I got to this point, I would want this to be included in my course?
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, it was huge. (laughs) It was like, that's why, I mean, that, that was a huge reason why I went to all these places, you know, my first handful of years on tour is because like, I, you know, wanted to build a golf course and wanted to see what made other places great or, you know, what made somewhere not as great as another place. Um, and I would definitely kind of take notes, uh, like real notes, right, of, of this was really cool at this club. And, you know, the, you know, the canned Gatorades at, at Garden City were so cool. You know, I think we should do that. And, you know, some of them made the cut and some of them, you know, some that I thought that, you know, I wanted, you know, maybe I kind of, evolved out of that and you know new things kind of took those you know that that place but uh it was a long list for sure
0: well what else made the cut and if you could give us a tip to the a nod to the course that you saw it at what else was was what made the cut that if somebody goes and plays the tree farm they'll at least see inspiration from other places
1: the pine valley t markers um are kind of like the the stick t markers at the tree farm that was one that i always thought were. We're really cool and like a little, you know, a little different than a lot of places. And, you know, hopefully they don't think I'm just copying them to copy them. You know, it's a very, very big sign of respect because I love that place so much. You know, hopefully we'll we'll get like the peanut butter, you know, jelly and bacon's going at some point. You know, when we uh, are up and running from a, you know, F&B standpoint, you know, like showers at places like, you know, Pine Valley or Marion or you know, the, those sort of things have have made deepdale. have made the cut. i've I've never been out to deepdale, uh, but i've I've you know heard the showers are amazing. haven't haven't experienced them yet. but um so those are you know, a handful of examples that you know were were pretty important. maybe the the showers maybe being most important was like <laughs> you know had to get the right pipe size and had to get the big water heaters and had to get these huge heads that were expensive. but it's like, no, I promise they're going to be worth it.
0: <laughs> it's funny because, again, like you said, the process that went into it and how complicated it is. And I can only imagine how much more complicated it was for you being involved and in maybe what you thought it would be. In terms of just sites, how many sites did you go see before you landed on the site the tree farms on?
1: There were a handful that we, uh, you know, were were looking at or, or briefly went out to. Um, and then it was kind of weird cause it was during COVID and, you know, lockdown and everything like that happened. And then this, you know, the site where the tree farm is went up for sale again, cause it kind of was for sale and then wasn't, and then went back up for sale. And when it went back up, it was during like, you know, people were at home basically. So we had to like go on a covert mission, you know, basically <laughs> fly. And we, I was the only person on my flight to uh, Atlanta, the, 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 you know, the time that I went out before we bought the property, which was, you know, wild. And it was me and a handful of friends. And, you know, we went out and spent a couple of days kind of walking around the property. And, you know, that, that was another just like ridiculous part of the process that was so cool. And, you know, people that were there always remember it. And, um, you know, we always talk about it and it, it's crazy to see the place now compared to what, what it was and, you know, knowing that it's just going to kind of keep evolving and getting better. but. um you know, wild wild ride for sure.
0: I can only imagine. I mean, there there are so many young golfers that will talk about looking up to people, Tiger and Adam Scott. You hear a lot of Australians talk about Adam Scott now, especially the young ones. Sergio, someone you've heard, you know, younger European players mention. Was there somebody that you looked up to that had a bit of this crossover? I mean, the obvious answers would be somebody like Mr. Crenshaw or even Ogilvy. Was there anybody that you looked at and said, I feel like I think like them, even though we'll obviously have the game that can be competitive professionally.
1: Not really. I mean, again, maybe my dad, right? Okay. You know, my dad, I, I feel like was as good as anyone. You know, if he would have, if he would have had the opportunity to kind of go out and give it a shot for a few more years, you know, I think he would have done every bit as good as me or better. Um, and and again, he was kind of on the the golf and the entrepreneurial side of everything as well so him probably more than anyone
0: i was looking at your pga tour profile i always like to do this when i interview people because i just feel like it's something you filled out probably 15 years ago and have never looked at it since it says you collect legos do you still collect legos i mean you've got kids now it's harder to have legos around and they not want to play with them
1: (laughs) um i do not not nearly as much anymore just you know, with, with so many other things and, you know, being pulled so many different ways with, with golf and all the other stuff. But for me, like I, I kind of, I don't know if you would say played with Legos, you know, played with Legos kind of like in college and when I was a kid, obviously. And then my first handful of years on tour, you know, I would sometimes kind of buy sets and, you know, build them on the road or whatever. And um, it it was a cool way to kill time for me. And just, uh, so I still, you know, have a bunch of them. I haven't bought too many, you know, in the last couple of years. I specifically remember, like, the person that does all my money stuff, like my rookie year or something, being like, "Hey, do you do you have uh like kids that I don't know about? <laughs> like, because I see you're going to like Toys R Us like a lot, <laughs> um, and you know, getting or you know, shop- shopping on you know, getting stuff from the Lego store online or something, but uh, not as much. It- it's funny, I see." I see those things when they come across the scoreboard sometimes like quietly collects Legos was was what it said on the uh, on the scoreboard at one point that I was like, who quietly collects? Yeah, Legos? I
0: don't think that's the thing you funny. keep like under wraps. I mean, it's you're not <laughs> doing like some intense drug or something that you don't want people to know, it's like this is just a Lego thing. Do your kids play with Legos?
1: Charlie's a little Charlie. I mean, they're both a little young Charlie's uh, almost three and uh, Williams, you know, just just turned one a couple months ago. So I'm sure they will. You know, they'll have plenty to to choose from and play with when you know when and if they want to down the road.
0: Yeah. Henry's currently in a place where he wants me to build it and then he just runs through it. He thinks it's hilarious. He's <laughs> he's four. So he's a year older. So uh, maybe yeah. you're going to get to that point. You mentioned you you, you mentioned a couple of times you don't like to practice. And when the kid, when the family's not on the road with you, I mean, I've talked to plenty of PJ tour players about this. They're like, we have way more time than you think we have, you know, especially when you're on the road in a tournament week, what do you do if you're not practicing and the family's not with you to just simply pass the time,
1: go play cool golf courses, um, go. go cool, you know, go, go see cool things. Um, you know, I've been traveling a lot with my caddy, uh, you know, who's a good friend. And, you know, we stay together when, when my, you know, family's not on the road and, you know, it's fun having somebody like a good friend to kill the time with and, you know, go see movies. And, you know, if there's something like historical sites, you know, around, you, you know, you maybe pop in and go check it out. I know last year when I was doing my rehab starts, we went kind of, all over uh, the Abe Lincoln stuff up in, up in Springfield, you know, did did that whole sort of thing and, you know, and go eat good food. Um, I, I love food. So try and go eat at cool restaurants.
0: <laughs> what's, what's a not cool restaurant. That's a staple of your week. I mean, and when I say not cool, I'm like, are you like a once a week Chipotle guy? I mean, what's something you do week to week when you're on the road that you're going to say is a Zach Blair consistency Must have it. Probably going to check it off the list.
1: I don't think there is. I mean, Starbucks. I mean, I go to Starbucks every single morning and get a strawberry refresher. So, dude, I mean, I honestly,
0: (laughs) that 1.78 million might just go to the Starbucks app. Like, it's unbelievable how much money I can spend at that place.
1: I know it, it, you know, my dad gives me a hard time and he's like, man, if you didn't drink that, you know, that's $5 every day <laughs> over seven weeks. And I was makes like, me so I mean, happy, the math. yeah, yeah, the math. yeah, exactly. It's just, it's part of me and my wife's, you know, just like everyday thing. We wake up, we get the kids out of bed, we go to Starbucks, we get our drink and, you know, we start our day. So, you know, I do that on the road too. Uh, but as far as restaurants, I don't think there's like a, I don't think there's like a chain place specifically that, you know, we go like religiously, you know, it's kind of just like, you know, if whatever's good in that area, uh, we try and find it, you know, we've had, we've had some bad luck with some, with, with some local recommendations, I would say over the last year. So I think we've kind of knocked that off. We, uh, we're good on our own, you know, you're back, you're back to like
0: Yelping it. and stuff like that. I'm just, yeah. I'm going to look yeah, on I Google we... and Yelp. Yep.
1: I feel so much better if I find a bad restaurant, like, Oh, that sucked, you know, versus like, Hey dude, you got to go try this place. It's awesome. And then it sucks. It's like, man, I could have found a shitty place. Like, yeah. Like the pressure's uh...
0: on me, like the pressure now, all of a (laughs) sudden everybody's miserable because I asked the wrong person where to eat. I understand that pressure.
1: We, We like Italian food, you know, we're big chicken parm guys. Uh, you know, thin pounded chicken parm is kind of like, if we can get that, you know, we'll run that back, you know, all week basically.
0: All right. If you know a chicken parm place in Detroit, DM Zach Blair, he'll be, uh, he'll be diving deep into that. Um, what's next in your world? I mean, outside of playing and, you know, trying to earn however, what do you need? Like 20 more FedEx cup points or something. So, I mean, a good finish, you know, in the next couple of weeks should do that, but What's next in your world? Because I feel like, again, I mean, you're such an interesting person to me because I feel like you're always kind of thinking outside the sphere of what we see normally in this sport.
1: Yeah. I mean, just golf, you know, trying to get this kind of locked up. The The whole major medical thing's been really weird. You know, I thought I kind of understood it and then found <laughs> out I didn't understand it. And then like really found out that I had no clue anything that was going on and was just like, wow, I'm so glad I played good last week to at least, you know, get us in a good, good position, but um, yeah, just, just, just play golf and, you know, excited, really excited to kind of get back down to the tree farm, Um, opening back up in September. They're kind of building the, the, the cabins and the clubhouse right now. So haven't been out since uh, probably like the longest I've ever not been there. Um, and they're just kind of doing all the summer maintenance on the course and sanding and punching and, you know, doing all the, the, you know, stuff that you don't really see that the superintendents kind of work so hard, um, you know, doing so, uh, just, just the same old stuff for me. I've
0: been following Alex's Instagram story. So I'm at least getting a taste of what is, is occurring while, uh, while you're not there. But, uh, I mean, I would say this, if you weren't on the podcast, I'd say it obviously if you are, but it is an unbelievable 18 holes and I'm so proud of it. For you I'm so pumped for you. Um it was really cool to get an opportunity to come out there. I appreciate you helping us out. Masters week to get a chance to see it cuz you know it's I always find it so cool to see something in its infancy just because I know what it will be. And it's like you're talking about walking the property with your buddies when you're first setting eyes on it to think back to those memories. For me, you know, I'll think back to 2023 Masters because I know it's going to be such a special spot in golf and it's going to grow and people are going to be so interested in playing it, but to see that little cabin, you know, that had, you know, shirts kind of tucked away and <laughs> you're kind of checking in and going. And it was, uh, it was really cool. So appreciate the help kind of getting an opportunity to, to see that. And uh, appreciate the time. I'm, I'm fired up to see what you do this week. Are you going to throw any other golf in? I mean, you got to start playing actual tournament golf tomorrow, but is, uh, are you done playing, Uh, you know, kind of Zach Blair tour golf for the week?
1: Yeah. Yeah. We played the Oakland Hills yesterday and Inverness today. So we're, uh, you know, you know, we, we got it all in, uh, you know, there were a handful of other places that were, you know, kind of, uh, weren't able to set up or, you know, fell through or whatever, but, uh, yeah, we're, we're good. Kind of filled the tank again get ready to go have a, another good week. Hopefully Well, go
0: do your thing. Uh, appreciate the time. Thanks so much for everything. And, uh, yeah, keep it rolling.
1: All right. Thanks, man.
0: All righty, a big thanks to Zach for jumping on the night before a golf tournament. Not a lot of pros would do that, so thanks to Zach for his time. A reminder, the Ping Proving Grounds podcast is available now. You can subscribe wherever you get your podcast. listen to some of the interviews. Sahit Gala interview was up a couple of weeks ago. That is absolutely worth your time. He's a very fascinating person. We've got some more headed your way. And since you're listening to this point, I'll just give it a plug. The Golfer Zoo, a children's book I wrote Available at back9press.com backslash bacon. There are signed copies. It is an awesome gift for expecting parents that like golf. So do that. You order online, ship it to them. You don't have to wrap anything. I mean, isn't that the best thing in life is not have to actually touch a present you send to somebody. It's an awesome gift for the golfing parent in your life or the expecting parent in your life. So go to back9press.com dot com slash bacon. Have a great week. Get out there and play some golf on July 4th weekend as well.